And he was like, that doesn't make sense. How could they offer you that much money? Like they'd have to 5X it in order to, to make a return on that. Welcome to the game where we talk about how to get more customers, how to make more per customer and how to keep them longer and the many failures and lessons we have learned along the way. I hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, Mosey Nation? Uh, I was having an interest conversation yesterday with a friend of mine um, and I was telling him about how he got an offer on one of our companies for a very large sum of money. And he was like, that doesn't make sense. How could they offer you that much money? Like they'd have to 5X it in order to, to make a return on that. And what it showed is that he didn't really understand capital markets. And so um, as an aside, I think that one of the most important things that happens in the progression of entrepreneurs from zero to 1 million, one to 10 million, 10 to, to 30 million, 30 to 50, 50 to 100, um, is that you, you relinquish control and you gain new, new decision-making, new frameworks to, to think with, right? And so for us, if you don't know who I am, my name is Alex Ramosi. I own Acquisition.com. We're a portfolio of companies at about $85 million a year, and I have nothing to sell you. And the reason I make this channel is because a lot of people are broke, and I do not want you, Mosey Nation, to be one of them, all right? And so there are four ways that you can exit a company, all right? And I'm not going to get dive into those. I'll make the other three uh, a subject of another, another video. But you can sell it. You can close it. You can give it away. Or you can take out debt, all right, which basically is a liquidity event that you take against the asset that you have, which is the business. All right, so those are the four ways that you can kind of have a, uh, a, a shift of risk uh, away from you, okay? So I'm gonna just talk today about how uh, buying businesses works in the more formal sense, all right? I'll do another video on the actual sales process um, of uh, having institutional investors. So, you know, if you're trying to sell a small business, you know, that's doing less than a million dollars a year in profit, uh, you're not really gonna get, it's gonna be very difficult to sell that because it's too, it's too risky um, and you're gonna be dealing with mom and pops and unsophisticated investors and you're an unsophisticated seller. So it's just kind of the blind leading the blind. Um, if you get over a million dollars, you have the potential, uh, if you have over 10 million in sales uh, per year, to have institutional investors. Now, interestingly enough, uh, kind of the magic number for kind of big money deals is $5 million. And I'm gonna use that as a rough, rough thing here. All right, if you're less than $5 million, the average trading price for those types of business is 3.75, 3 all right? That's the multiple that you get on the earnings that you have in that company. If you're over 5 million, the average is 6.75, all right? So it's higher. Now, here's the important point. There's a million factors, okay? So uh, uh, it, it could be, there's obviously 50% that are below this number and 50% that are above this number, and that's on both sides, right? Um, and obviously this one is impacted by the fact that there's so many businesses that don't even get reported that could shift it um, or just close down, et cetera. All right, but if you sell, and by the way, if you're curious about this, um, only 20% of companies that want to get purchased actually get purchased. Um, and and I think it's 30% of companies ever even enter that process. So it's it's a very it's a very small percent of a percent that actually end up selling. But I think understanding this process will also help you understand um, where value is derived in the capital markets, which is like I said earlier, where I think the transition is for entrepreneurs in terms of uh, leveling up your skill set. So this may be a little bit over the head for the, the starter entrepreneur, um, but for the guys who are seven figures, eight figures, hope to be nine figures, et cetera, um, then this will be made for you, okay? So let's let's dive in. So let's say that we have a sample business here that's doing, um, let's say, shoot, let's say 20 million top line and they're doing 5 million uh, bottom line, all right? Now, this is gonna be EBITDA, which is the fancy accounting term, which is earnings before interest tax, depreciation amortization. Um, but it's just for, I'm not even gonna get into that, but for lack of a better term, it's just rough-handed profit with ad backs and stuff, okay? So let's say that this company uh, gets an offer for uh, 5X, okay? So that would be a $25 million enterprise value, okay? There, 
That's, that's the, this is the multiple and this is the new enterprise value. Now, when you hear someone say, hey, I sold my company for X, <coughs> it's easy for someone to flex like that, right? Um, and most of the time people don't wanna share their numbers because uh, most times uh, it's because uh, they're not good. And I wanna kind of demystify this process for you, all right? Um, or they're under some sort of NDA um, because they think that for them, a founder announcing a sale would materially affect the business, which sometimes can happen. All right, but let's get to it. So $25 million enterprise value. How does that actually break down? So there are, there are four things that someone can do um, in breaking down this, this number. All right, the first is you're gonna have a component of cash, which is what everyone wants to talk about, right? Cash is king, how much they're actually gonna pay. The next is gonna be what percentage is gonna be seller financed, which means that you uh, write, basically you get a debt note uh, on the business writes you a debt note that it owes you something, right? And the new owner owes you something off of the cash flow from the business, all right? The next is going to be uh, earnout, which is uh, you get kind of like bonuses or so to speak from uh, the performance of the business in the future. This is, uh, and I'll get to the, the importance of each of these in a moment. Um, and the final one is uh, roll over equity, okay? And that means that the percentage of the business that you're going to choose to roll over uh, into, you know, keeping so that they make sure that it's a good transition and that you're vested in not just taking the business and taking the cash and walking, um, which is fairly common. All right. And so let me give you uh, an example of an offer uh, that I had on one of the businesses that we own. Um, we decided not to really pursue the offer, but this was an offer that we had on one of our one of our business entities. So this was the actual offer as it broke down. Okay. It was a $17 million cash offer. Uh, with $3 million in, uh, in seller financing. Um, I think there, which is, if you're breaking down the percentages here, um, there was a $5 million earnout. Um, and I think in the talks, they said, you know what, actually we can put that over here and we won't, you don't have to sell our financing. All right. So this was, this was an offer um, that we were given uh, on the business or one of our businesses. Okay. So all of a sudden you're like, huh, that's interesting. Now I'll, I'll give you a different one that we got on the same business. Um, and if you're like, how do you, how do you start getting people making offers? It's like, well, people will approach you if a business is of a certain size and it might be a, a category fit for them because you got to remember that these, you know, financial institutions want to, um, place money. They get paid to place money. They get paid to make deals. And so they actively reach out just like an outbound method. You're a customer that's a product. Um, and they want to buy it, right? And that's kind of the idea. So there was a different offer in the same company that was, was from a few months prior um, that was a $20 million uh, enterprise value. Uh, and it was structured like this. They wanted to give $13 million in cash. Uh, and then they wanted to, I don't think there was any, any seller financing. Um, so seller financing, I'll just put an F here so you know what that is. Uh, there was a, uh, and then there was no earnout, but there was a massive 35% chunk of rollover equity. Now, the reason this is important is that it's worth understanding. Now, if you have something like this, right, and we're looking at a deal, there's obviously pros and cons to either of these things. The more you roll over, if you feel very confident about the future of your company, then you would want to potentially roll more. Uh, if it also assumes that you're confident in the person who's buying it, that they can perform the way that you would be performing, right? Um, and so on, in some transactions, it's more of a de-risking. In other transactions, it's more of an exit. And what's also important to note is that for these rollover equities or earnout pieces, these ones right here, it's what do I have to do? Do I have 
So for example, if someone says, hey, I want to buy this, but you have to retain all the things that you're doing right now, then it's like, well, that's not nearly as interesting as someone who's saying, you don't have to do anything, you walk away tomorrow. There's usually some sort of transition period during this period of time. Now, let's go to this this uh, this this example here for 25 million. This is not the, the company that I was talking about, but just for, for illustration's sake, okay? How can they make a return on this, right? So, because you see here, they're making $5 million a year. How can they make a really good return on this kind of money, all right? So let's draw it out. If they were to put, let's, let's use this first example because it's a little cleaner, all right? So let's say they have $17 million in cash that they have to put up, right? Now note it, note that this rollover equity, they don't have to pay anything for. And this earnout, they don't have to pay anything for either. And the seller financing, there's no money that's coming out. So really the only thing they have to procure is the $17 million of cash, right? Now let's say that they uh, get debt for two thirds of that, right? So that means that they're gonna get $11 million of debt, which means they're gonna take a loan, all right? And then they're gonna put roughly, you know, six million bucks in uh, cash, right? Actual cash. Now you're gonna get all of this, right, together, but they're, they're going to get this much as debt from someone else, right? Right, okay. And so what happens now is let's imagine the company goes from 5 million to uh, 5.5 to six, uh, let's say you do seven and then uh, you know eight, all right? So let's just say that that's the growth of the company over you know year one, two, three, four, five. And typical private equity hold periods are five periods, five to seven, because uh, it depends on how long it takes them to do a transaction, et cetera. But that's typically uh, how a deal would be structured. Now let's look at this now. So they put $6 million into the deal, right? Do, 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 into the deal. Awesome. Now from this period of time, all of this extra extra money, if we were to add this together, let's see what this is. We've got 15, uh, 16, 17, 18, um, 18 plus, so it's 26. And then, um, well shit, I should have just added this better. Hold on, people who are editing this. So let's add this together. This is the amount of cash that they would be able to make. They would make five, uh, 10, 15, 20, 25, 25 million plus uh, three, two, one. So 25, so six, uh, so 31 and a half million, okay? So they're gonna make 31 and a half million during this period of time, all right? But wait, there's more. Let's say that they were able to buy this company at a 5X multiple and they're able to sell this company now at a 7X multiple at the end here because they work on the business structure, they decrease churn, improve the, you know, improve the margins, whatever it is to make the business more sellable, okay? Now what happens is that they have 31 million that they've accrued plus they get seven times that, which is 56 million when they sell the business, right? So if you add this plus this, and that would be maybe cash on the balance sheet, they would now have an $87 million business. Crazy, right? And I know that sounds nuts, but usually they will keep the cash in the company because they're gonna usually use it to do more mergers and acquisitions or they'll keep it on the, on the balance sheet, all right? And so you have $87 million. Now they bought this thing, right, for 25. That was the, uh, that was the number that they had here, right? That was, the, that was what, they, what they claimed to, to pay for it, right? But they really paid, because we now know, $17 million for the business, right? Here's what's cool about this. Now they actually only put $6 million up for the business. And they turn that 6 million into 87 million. Now, they have to pay back that loan, right? So we gotta subtract out that, that debt that they owe, right? Plus whatever interest fees that they might have accrued on that. So let's just say that's another, you know, 2 million bucks in interest. That would be really aggressive, but let's just say that that's what it was, right? And, uh, and now their, their, their net, right, uh, that, they, that they got on this was uh, $74 million of profit. 
Now we look at this six, and now you realize that you just got like a 13x, you know, whatever it is, 13x return ish, 12 and a half. Pretty good deal, right? So that is how the private equity world actually works, all right? And so they didn't really do anything crazy here. And what's going to happen next, right? You're like, well, how would somebody buy this for 87 million? I'll show you. They're going to get it for, they're going to take it from eight and let's say they get it to 12. And as companies grow in general, the multiples will improve and they also do other things, etc. And they got this at a 7x and they're going to try and sell it for a 10x, right? And during this period of time, let's say they go 9, 10, 11, 11.5, you know, as the, as the, the, oh, actually, I don't need to add that one. Da, da, da. Let's say those are the, the yearly growth, you know, for this business. Okay. In terms of uh, this, you know, again, year one, two, three, four, five. All right. So that's, again, the same thing happens yet again. And so during this period, they got it for 74, right? Uh, sorry, they got it for 87. And they're going to probably only have put in, let's say, $25 million into the deal, right? And they're going to sell it for, and they're going to finance whatever the rest of that is. Uh, that's uh, 25, 62 million. So 62 million in debt, which they're going to have 120 million. The amount of cash that's going to add up here is going to be uh, 10. So that's going to be 50 million in cash that they will have collected throughout the course of the business. So they now have a $170 million enterprise. They're going to subtract out this debt plus the debt service. So let's just say that's 62 plus, you know, 6 million, whatever. So it's 68 million is what we have to subtract out, right? And they're going to, in this instance, right, they're going to make whatever, a uh, hundred, you know, roughly $102 million of profit. And that was off of their initial 25, and so they forexed their money, right, in five years. That is how private equity is supposed to work. Now, obviously, they get higher returns because it costs them more in risk, more in resources. It's not, it's very active for them, it's not passive. And so they're actively operating the business, and they'll usually buy businesses that uh, they have expertise in, right? And so typically, a, you know, a private equity buyer would be someone who has a special, you know, some sort of specialty play um, many times. Uh, you know, uh, there's three, uh, there's two real types of buyers. I would say, uh, you have, you have financial buyers, which are completely uninvolved. They want to get a good deal. And then you've got strategic buyers who are usually in the space, uh, and will, will pay better multiples because they can immediately roll that company into their company and then, uh, increase their own valuation by a disproportionate amount compared to what they bought it for. Right. Um, and also yield some, uh, synergistic returns from that company, maybe being added as a product line within their existing audience, et cetera. Right. And so um, I hope that this was not too jargony uh, for everyone, but this is how the private equity world works. This is how you buy and sell businesses. This is how you get outsized returns. Um, and this is the process. That's how it works. In a different video, I'll, I'll walk you through the actual sales process. Um, like I said, I've sold six companies. I've gotten offers on a hell of a lot more. Um, and so I know the process pretty well. I've sold to mom and pops. I've sold to competitors. I've sold to strategic buyers. Um, and I've sold to... Uh, to uh, to financial buyers. So um, I've kind of gotten a, a whole universe of different looks and feels of deal structures. Um, and this is one of them. And so I actually think it's one of the key uh, things to getting past 100 million is understanding the M&A side. And so I make this video because I love you all and I don't want you to be broke. And hopefully uh, this is not the kind of stuff that you are normal, uh, make money influencer, uh, YouTuber, etc., um, is talking about. And um, so anyways, I'm trying, trying to give you the stuff that, that I'm looking at right now and hope you guys enjoy it. All right, I'll see you guys in the next vid. Bye.